Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of The Journey. Now, today, we're very excited to have Daniel Nardiello on the show. Daniel is an England-born Welsh footballer who currently plays for Bury Football Club in League One. He's been capped by the Welsh national team, and he also has the distinction of winning promotion as a player to League One, the Championship, and the Premier League all in England. Daniel, how are you doing? Really good, thank you. Thank you for speaking to me. So normally we have coaches and more staff involved in the game, but rarely do we have a player. So this will be a little different based on our normal interview. So could you give us a little background on your playing experience from the academy level into your current job? Yeah, uh, I started at you know, a young age, as, as most people do. Um, I was playing for Wolves Academy uh, under up until under-14s, under-15s, and then uh, at that age, I signed for Manchester United. <clears throat> Stayed at um, Manchester United for, um, I think it was professionally, I was there for six years, left at the age of 22, and I managed to play a few games for Manchester United in the first team there, which was a fantastic experience, which I loved every minute of. Uh, obviously, it didn't, it didn't really you know, happen for me there, because it's obviously a really tough place to break through, and I went and played on at uh, Barnsley, QPR, Blackpool, Exeter, Rotherham. I've had a couple of loan moves in between that as well, and I'm currently playing for uh, Bury FC, in, as you say, in, in League One. So when did you know that you were going to spend the rest of your life, or the rest of your working career as a footballer, playing football? Well, it's, I know it's every kid's dream, isn't it? Uh, especially over in England, it's every kid's dream to, to play, play football and you know, play professionally. And I remember a lot of people in school saying it's not, it's not a you know a good career path to go down. It's not, it's nothing certain, and how you know you're going to be good enough and all that. But it was just something that's always been you know in in, in me that I knew I was going to play football, and I wasn't going to take no for an answer. My my dad was a professional footballer. My uncles were professional footballers, and I've kind of followed in their footsteps. And and you know I managed to play. You know had a good long full career from it, which I'm, I'm very lucky to to be in that position. So I have a lot of questions based on, I mean, the teams that you've played on, the teams that you've been a part. What has been, what team have you been a part of? What club have you been a part of that you thought the environment was the best that you've seen as a professional? Um, as a professional, and talking about professionalism, I think, I mean, you, you couldn't beat Manchester United. I mean, I think with the resources they have, the money they have behind them, and you know, just, you know, the all-round running of the club and especially working under Sir Alex Ferguson. I mean, there was, you know, there was no grey areas. Everything was, everything was, you know, had to be perfect and everything was right. And and a lot of the clubs have been out of, you know, they want to be that way, but it's, it's hard to, you know, get everything perfect. But as regards to professionalism, Manchester United, second to none, really. Everything was perfect. The training grounds, you know, the facilities, the staff, the physiotherapists, they... They went and got the best, and they wanted the best, and I had no complaints at all when I was there. So when you talk about that kind of standard, and I guess the culture, I think it's fair to say, that was surround, that surrounded the club, what were some things you saw that added into that culture? What were things that you remember, whether it was in the academy or when you had become a professional with the club, that added to that culture, things that you might have had to do, things that the staff did that created that culture of success and excellence? Well, the... the I remember we had to, as, as young lads, we had to clean boots, and I had to clean Roy Keane's boots. And and if it, if 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 the boots weren't cleaned properly, he he would he would let you know. So it gives you a good grounding. <laughs> had to clean the reserve changing rooms as well, you know. And from a young level, even though you were classed as you know possibly some of the best youngsters in the country, 
you still had to do do things you know as an apprentice you had to you had to clean change rooms clean boots tidy up your you know the areas around around the training ground and you had to work your way to the top there was no matter how good you were or you know how good you thought you were yeah you had to work hard on and off the pitch in and around the club and it gave you a really good grounding and told you taught you you know how to be a young man in a lot of ways as well because a lot of kids have come into Manchester United and maybe haven't had the best upbringing and you know with the with the rules and regulations sort of thing that you know Sir Alex did at the time it was give you a good grounding and, and, and taught you how to you know be a young adult. Do you remember any particular stories from your time at United where the culture was evident maybe it was a player who just didn't didn't understand it first and did something where people had to remind him of the culture or were there any stories from your time there that you realized I am in a completely different environment than I've been in perhaps? Um, no, I, I kind of expected it to be that way. I know there was a lot of lads, you know, that went there and as I said before, you know, didn't really know how to, you know, to be around people, be around superstars every day of the week and it was just, it was just like, it was an honour for me. It was, maybe I didn't appreciate it as much as I, as I should have at the time because I was a young lad and, you know, had high expectations of myself. And But um, it's, 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 it's crazy because you almost took it for granted at that age. You just, you, you're training on, you know, these magnificent pitches with these, you know, world superstars. And But I think if you didn't have a good attitude playing there, you, you wouldn't, you wouldn't you wouldn't stay there. They they get rid of you. It's, they don't do anyone any any favors. You've got to, you've got to do things right. And I remember, I mean, there's a couple of stories. I remember a couple of lads did a couple of things wrong, and and they were gone from the club within a within within a few weeks. I remember I, one of the lads who was who wasn't my age. I think he was a couple of years below me, but he had run, he was play, just playing with, with one of these stupid little pellet guns, and he was just shooting people out of his digs windows and. Two weeks later, he was gone because it just wasn't the way, you know, United young lads were meant to conduct themselves. I think it's fair to say that you've had a long career in the game, especially when a lot of players are in and out within a couple of years based on the business. Why do you think, and this isn't going to be an easy question, but why do you think you made it, if you don't mind me asking? I'm curious why, out of all the all the kids that will be playing today, all the kids that want the professional contract, mm-hmm. What are some things you did, or what are some things you did every day that helped you get to where you are currently? I think, I think first and foremost, to be a footballer, I think you've got to be very mentally tough. There's a lot of, um, you know, you go into a, you know, a heavily male environment with a lot of, you know, a lot of men, and there's no hiding places. And if you can't take criticism, or you can't take being kicked or smashed, then, you know, it's not really the career path for you. I think. Personally, my I had a great grounding with my, with my with my dad. He he helped me through a lot as a kid playing football, and I, I kind of knew what to expect because he he told me what he happened when he was a professional footballer. And it's a tough tough career path for a lot of young kids to go into. And there's you know there's there's it's very 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 fine lines. Um, I've been lucky in a lot of ways as well because I've had a few injuries, and but people have taken chances on me, and it's. It's it's it is fine lines, and it, to be a professional footballer, you've got to have a bit of luck, but you've also got to have the mentality to, you know, take the rough with the smooth sort of thing. And and I, I've had a tough times in football, but the the good times by far outweigh the the bad. From as 
early as you can remember, how often were you, not necessarily just training, but how often were you playing every week as a young kid before you even joined an academy setup? Oh, every day. Every day of my career. Uh, every day of my life, should I say, actually. Uh, played in the school field with all my mates. I played for the school football teams. I played for my local you know, Sunday league team, which my dad happened to be manager of. And all I ever dreamed about was, you know, playing football, even, you know, the computer games and stuff like that. I didn't have these shoot, shooting games or anything like that. It was always football, football, football. And, you know, you know when you love something that much and, you know, you've got half-decent ability, it's, uh, I had no other thoughts in my head but to, to play football. And I think it's, it's in my family as well as, you know, I've got cousins and uncles and my dad and just it's just ingrained in us and we, do, we just love the sport. Now, do you think it's possible for someone to reach that kind of level if they're not playing every day? Because I'll give you an example. In the States, for example, a lot of teams will train, or a lot of decent-level club teams will train three times a week. But what happens a lot of times is the players are so busy with school, with sometimes the commute to training, that the only time they're actually playing is three times a week. Do you think you're, Are you seeing that in England as well, where people just aren't playing as much? Or is it still the case? No, I think... Kids are, you know, we actually went to a school today to see some kids, you know, and, you know, just give out some Christmas presents. But they all love football and you can see them kicking the ball about in the playground and, and they love it. So <clears throat> I think you don't need that. I think sometimes it can be a bit detrimental. Um, I remember when I was a kid and I was playing in school, I was playing after school, I was playing training for my local team, I was playing two games on a weekend and ended up getting the Osgood Slats disease in my knees and I had to <clears throat> almost give up for three months and not do anything because, it, you know, it had a bad effect on my body as a, as a young lad growing, you know, and learning how my body works. So too much football can be too much. And I think you have, you've got to concentrate on your, on your school. That's the, by far the most important thing. But I know with kids nowadays, you, you, you see, you know, the footballers on, on TV all the time. You just, you just want to aspire to be like them. So... I think as long as you're getting a, a decent level of coaching from good coaches when you're a kid, I think, you know, you don't need to play every single day. It's, it's gradually, you know, learning the game and, and, and getting better and, and doing probably more when your body's able to, you know, compete at that level. And when you talk about pushing your body, something you had mentioned before, which I think was spot was about mental toughness. Mm -hmm. So would you be able to tell us where were some, what were some experiences you had early on in your career that really tested you from a mental standpoint in the game is whether or not you would... Did you ever question whether or not you were in the right career? Did you ever question whether or not maybe maybe this isn't for me? No, because no matter what's happened, I still love football and I still love playing football. The, now, there, there have been some managers and you know some coaches that I you know, really didn't like and maybe didn't like me. And, there's, and also injuries is a big thing in football. I mean, I had a two-year spell at Blackpool where I couldn't string three or four games together. At the end of that two years, nobody wanted me. Um, Exeter City basically said, you know, they, they'd come and they'd, they'd take me on board and, you know, help me, you know, get back to, you know, the level that I could compete at. And they took a chance on me, although I could have been out of the game at the age of 20, 26, I think it was, but they took a chance on me because, you know, based on my, my previous records with, with, with football teams and stuff like that. And, yeah, I mean, that was a tough time because... Literally two years, I couldn't string a you know a run of four or five games together without getting injured. And you know, I went to see a specialist uh, called James Jelsey, and he's helped me <clears throat> massively with that. And you know, injuries can can be a really tough time for players because you're just not doing what you love. And it, it, it never 
never made me question that I was in the wrong career though. I've always loved, you know, being around the football environment, having having the banter with the lads and stuff like that. So it's 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 a great environment to be in. Who were the players that you emulated or you kind of wanted to play like as a kid when you were growing when you were growing up? I, I think you you well, I remember my biggest hero sort of thing when I was probably growing up was a uh, Darren Huckabee. Now I know he went over and played in the States for a bit, but um he wasn't, you know, like it wasn't an England international or anything like that. But he, he played for the team I supported growing up, Coventry City, and he just—he was fast. He ran with the ball, took players on, took chances, scored goals. And I think, you know, he's the one that I, I really remember when I was at an age where I could watch football and appreciate, you know, the players' ability. I think he was the one that I really wanted to, you know, be like. So now, when you. What were the qualities as a young kid that you really and you were, you talked about it just a bit? What were the qualities as a young player that you really wanted to stand out? Where you wanted coaches to say he's excellent at this, he's excellent at that? I'll be honest. I think I'm a striker, and all I really wanted to do was score goals. Um, <clears throat> my youth team record, you know, with my school and you know my district, and even at Manchester United at the youth level was was brilliant. I, I scored goals for fun, and I think. Almost selfishly, I went into games thinking if I score, I'm happy. Whereas, as you you know, you get a bit older, you realise that scoring is not the be all and end all. You got to do a job for the team. The more important thing is to to win the games, and it's a team game rather than an individual game. But as a youngster, it's score, score, score. So, I mean, I've got a, a lot less selfish on the football pitch as I've grown older. And, but as a, as a youth team player, I just I just wanted to score goals and you know just enjoy the game, get the ball, run with the ball, and, and get plenty of shots on target. Now, switching track a bit, could you tell us a little bit more about the three different promotion teams you played on? So being promoted into League One, being promoted into the Championship, <laughs> and then the Premiership, although they happened at different times. Yeah. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Because I can imagine, even though there were some lows in the career, those must have been incredible highs. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I've spoken about the, the promotions before in, in interviews and I mean, they're the things you remember as a, you know, as a player getting older, and and I've had, I got promoted twice from League Two to League One. Once with uh, Berry, which was last year, we had a great campaign, and you know, obviously ended up being top goal scorer. We finished, just sneaked in, finished third, but got an automatic promotion. Um, it was, you know, fantastic season. We were a few ups, a few downs, but you know, we actually got promoted on the last day of the season. We had to go to Tramier and Wayne and and win. And it was a it was it was a great feeling last year, and <clears throat> the the club took us away to celebrate, and it was a really good year. The other one was with Rotherham, which was two two seasons before that, and that was again from League Two to League One, and we stormed the league really. We 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 were we were class all through the season, and we 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 got promoted quite comfortably. And again, I finished top goal scorer that year, which was really pleasing, and had a you know great set of lads. And again, they they took us away to celebrate that as well, which was. Which was great, two two promotions, and I think I appreciate them more, you know, with a bit of a, you know, older head on me now that you know because they're the moments you actually do remember. Um, the first promotion I ever had was from League One to the Championship, and was with Barnsley. Uh, I really enjoyed my time at Barnsley. Uh, great set of lads, they're probably the best set of lads I've ever worked with. They just everyone just clicked, and we got on really well. And we did that via the playoffs. We finished sixth, I think, sneaked into the playoffs, but. We ended up beating Huddersfield, which was a local derby. I scored a, a winner in the, the second leg in that one. And then I managed to score in the final as well, a free kick in the final. Um, 
and that that was a real special day because it was you know a one-off game winner takes all and <clears throat> it happened to be at the Millennium Stadium in Wales yeah, I had all my family and friends there and it's, we actually got battered on the day. We drew the game two all and won on penalties. But I think Swan, we played Swansea and, and they probably deserved to win. Unlucky not to, but you know we, we kept on plugging away. We we uh, we got the draw and we took the game to penalties and won. The and the Blackpool won. We got uh, promoted to um, Premiership with Blackpool. I didn't make as many appearances in the in the in the league as I'd like to. As I mentioned before, I had quite a bad couple of years. I probably played I think it was like ten games for them that season, but it was enough for you know to get you know my name on on the sheet where I, I get a medal and get promoted and again that was with the playoffs as well and it was a it was a special day it didn't happen to be a part of the squad on the day but it was it was great being a part of it and having a promotion to the premiership can you try and, and I know it's it's not it's not easy necessarily to put it into words but could you try and put into words what that feeling is like when the whistle blows and you know that you've just won promotion um yeah i mean it was happened to me so it was only about, was it five, six months ago when my last promotion was five, six months ago. And all I remember is the final whistle going. We were under, you know, we were getting battered a little bit. We one nil up and we just had to hold on because, you know, we, we keep that lead and we're going up. And then the, the final whistle, whistle goes. And he, I just remember drop, dropping to my knees and just, you know, you know, pumping my fists and thinking, we've done it, we've done it. And then one of my teammates came and jumped on my back. And then it was all the fans were, were actually away, but all our Berry fans just came running on the pitch and I had a few mates in the crowd and they, they just run over to me, wrap their arms around me, having selfies, you know, taken and it's a really special time and you just you just you never forget it. It's 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 a great feeling of, you know, accomplishment and in the change room afterwards we've got the champagne spraying all over each other and just, you know, having a great time, just like a big group of twenty five, you know, grown men just acting like kids and it was just a fantastic achievement because we worked so hard during the season, to, you know, to achieve it. And it was, you know, it's hard to explain, but it's, it's just a great feeling of achievement. Now, talking about this, because this is a big topic in the States as well. So I want to put you in a different situation. Yeah. So obviously right now, let's go back to a couple months ago when Barry are fighting for promotion yeah. from League Two into League One. What would it be like then? If the English league was in such a such a way where there was no promotion relegation, and Barry was stuck in League Two for time eternity, what would that be like? Um, well, I've been actually I've watched a lot of the MLS this year, and I watched I watched the the final uh, the other night with you know which is quite funny with the, the first two goals that went in actually, but um, it's I do like the way you have the, the you know the states have the playoffs, but you know, to win the trophy. But I do think that there's something special about, you know, teams coming up, people getting, teams getting relegated, you know, you know, having that, you know, something to aim for, something to achieve and, you know, something to fight for because it makes the relegation, the relegation battles you see in the premiership. But, I mean, they can be, they can be more entertaining than the promote, than the, you know, the Premier League winner, you know, the title that they get. But I think that, it should it should be a part of the game. There should be relegations. There should should be promotions, and it, it just makes it exciting all the way through the season for all teams because they could get they could go up, they could get dragged down. It's it's quite exciting, and I do I do prefer you know the, the English the European way of doing that. Is it fair to say that maybe the games even matter more? So when you play a game on the weekend, you know that it has real life implications. Right now, Barrier in tenth place, and let's see, you're about. 
two points actually away from a playoff spot. Yeah. So do the games have more implications when you realize that, look, you're, you're basically fighting for your club's life to a certain extent for promotion for... I mean, I remember I got, actually if I got one relegation on my CV and it was with, a, with Exeter. The season before we finished, we finished a point off the playoffs and we, we almost made the playoffs. The, the second season, we, uh, we lost a few players, you know, some, some of our main boys went off to, you know, bigger and better things and, and it was, you know, it was, it was heartbreaking, you know, that, that, I mean, if we'd have survived on that last, you know, the last few games, if we'd have survived, it'd been, it'd have been as good as any promotion, any winning any title because, you know, you're the underdogs, you'd have achieved something, you know, magnificent by staying up, you know, when the odds were against you and like you say, you're fighting for your, your, your club, the fans and there's like, it's not like if you finish bottom of the league, it doesn't matter, it does matter, you're going down to, a, to another league and in league two, you get relegated, you're out of the football league, so, I think it, you know, it adds you know a lot to the game to have, to like you say, to you know, you're fighting for points every week, and it and it matters. It matters to the club because it mean, it means how much money they'll get as a a club the season after, and it, and it matters to fans and it matters to yourself because you want to be playing at a high level as possible. So, what kind of advice would you give them? Because obviously you've you've been relegated, you've been promoted, you've been through quite a bit. What advice would you give to any aspiring young footballers out there who are trying to make the grade, whether they're in academy or whether they're trying to even make an academy setup? Honestly, what I, and it probably seems quite simple, but I've seen a lot of friends, teammates fail because they've thought about the game too much. They've let it affect themselves too much. And the idea of football is to go out there and, and enjoy yourself. Just, you know, play freely. I mean, obviously you've got to do what your coach, your manager wants you to do, but you go out there with no worries and at the end of the day, it's, it's a game uh, and treat it like a game. Obviously give it your all, give 100% and, you know, if you give 100%, you, you can't ask for no more, but don't let it stress you out. Don't, you know, get wound up by certain decisions or not being in the team. You just got to, you know, play your own game and if you're good enough and you work hard enough, you, you'll make it and, and if you don't, if you're giving it your all and you haven't stressed out. There's nothing more you can do. I've seen a lot of players almost going back to the, you know being mentally weak because the pressure's got to them and they can't perform at the level they're capable of because the, the pressure's on them is, is just too much. So going with a couple of quickfire questions, I'm curious just to see your thoughts. Who would you say is the best player you've ever played with? <laughs> yeah, Paul Scholes, without a shadow of a doubt. <laughs> Fair enough. I've asked that. I've been asked that a few times, but you know, training with him, and I managed to play with him a few times. But he just, the guy was incredible. He, I mean, I can't say I played with him week in, week out, but when I did, I, I just really appreciate how good he was. What made? I mean, I mean, everyone. I think everyone can appreciate Paul Scholes, and everyone knows his ability. But for you, especially seeing him at training with him at the training ground, what made him different from everyone else in your mind? For me, he just as a striker, he saw everything I did. He saw the run I made, so he, you know, you know, passed me the ball or tried to put me in. He, his awareness of people around him. I mean, even the shooting session we did, he, he was brilliant. The way he could hit a ball into the back of the net and his passing ability, it's just, just incredible. He, he had everything to his game. And people say he didn't have the tackling side to his game, but I think he was clever with that. He, you know, he made fouls when he needed to make fouls, you know, just to break the game up. And for me, he was the all-round, you know, he's a genius, absolute genius.
I think I know the answer, but I'll ask it anyway. Who's the best manager you've worked with? <laughs> well, you, yeah, I mean, obviously Ferguson, you know, Alex Ferguson, what, I mean, what a, what a guy, what a legend. And he, 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 I saw him maybe six months ago. I was going, you know, for, uh, to see a specialist about a hip problem I had at the time, and he happened to be there and seeing the same specialist, and he, he knew who I was. He, never, he hadn't forgotten me, even though it was 10 years later. He spoke to me. He knew what club I was at. He knew I'd scored a few goals during the season. And it was like, I, was like, I couldn't believe he knew who I was. And it was just, you know, an honour, really, that he, he still did. And um, unfortunately, I didn't get to play under him as, as long as, as I'd like to. But in terms of managers that I've played with, you know, on a, on a, under, a, long, a long period of time, I'd, I'd probably say Paul Tisdale. Uh, you might not, you know, know him or a lot of people might not have heard of him, but he's the Exeter City manager. And, I mean... It, he will, in my opinion, go a long way. I know he's turned down a couple of jobs already, top top jobs, because he promised he'd stay at the club for a certain period of time. But in my opinion, the guy will, you know, will go places as a manager. So, what do you think? What do you think makes Potterdale different? What impressed you about him? Um, I mean, I've had I've had a lot of good managers, and but he just seemed to never. A lot of people react, a lot of managers react rather than, you know, he was a thinker, he was a proper thinker and he knew the game of football and if we got battered on a weekend, you know, 3-4-0, he wouldn't come in screaming and shouting, going mental at us, he, you know, he'd take, you know, he'd, 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 a calm approach to it, he'd say, look, I'll speak to you on Monday, I'll watch the game over and instead of coming in screaming, shouting on the Monday morning, telling us you do this, you're rubbish at that, you were, he, he, would, he would coach you, he would, you know, have a classroom session with you know, one-on-one, where he, you know, tell you what you could have done better, he, he, where, where you could improve, and he believed in you, and he, he, he believed in all his players, and he wanted to be a friend to all his players, and he wanted to help you, and, you know, help your career on, and he wanted his players to move on to, you know, bigger and better things, and his training, it was tough, some of his training sessions were really tough, but he just, you know, he, he just seemed to hit the nail on the head when it, you know, when we needed certain work on, you know, set pieces, corners, or we need to work on, you know, defensive shape, or, you know, we need to work on our, on, you know, attacking mentality or whatever you want. He just seemed to know what needed to be done, and with such a smallish club with a small budget, he, he, he really did overachieve. Is it fair to say that that's the type of manager that you, as a player, were attracted to, rather than someone screaming and shouting, just telling you that you're worthless, someone who could maybe take a bit of a maybe a backseat and kind of explain things and be a more proactive than reactive? Uh, I, I, I think I, res- I think I've responded to, you know, the, the shouting and bawling as well. But I think as a person, as a player, I appreciate, appreciated, you know, what Paul Tisdale did. I mean, I've had one of the biggest screamers in football in, in Steve Evans, but I mean, I scored more goals under him than I did with anyone. And he, he got the best out of me doing that as well. So, I think because I'm, you know, I can take criticism, I can take screaming and, and you know, shouting, I can take it. It, it doesn't affect me. I just think that if I was ever to be a manager, I'd want to be the way Paul Tisdale was. I just really respected him as a as a man, as as a coach. Have you got your badges? Is there any coaching possibly in the future? Yeah, I, I, I've got my badges, so I'm fully qualified now. I've got my UA for B, so I could go into a job in football now. I've, I've done that. And I do a little bit of coaching uh, just for a local team, uh, you know, on a weekly basis, you know, over here in, in Bury, and 
I do, I do quite enjoy it. So the options there for if I want to take it up, uh, you know, if, if, if I want to when I finish playing. Excellent. So we'll end the interview with some quick-fire questions that we normally do. Now, these are usually framed for the sense of a coach, but obviously it'll be a little different as a player. So just come up with, you know, whatever kind of comes into your head. The first question, what is your favorite word as a player? Word? Um, counterattack, which is probably two, but I like, I like counterattack. <laughs> okay. What is your least favorite word as a player? Tackling. Who is the coach that had the best impact on your development when you were still a youth player, and why? Neil Bailey, under-17 manager at Man United, because he taught me, oh, well, I was unfit, and he got me fit and showed me that what I could achieve if I got fit, because obviously they believed I had the ability to, to do have a good career. What inspires you as a player? Um, I'm, I'm just winning. I hate losing. I hate losing. I hate losing board games. I hate losing <laughs> computer games. I, I'm not a good loser, um, as my family will all tell you. Um, but just just winning. I, I want to win every game, and you know, being a winning team. I think that's I think that's a point though. A lot of people can take on board because every time I've if I've ever had the chance to speak to an athlete at a professional level or any time I've studied one, mm. a big common trait is that they all hate losing. And it doesn't matter if it's go fish. It doesn't matter if it's a board game, but they just refuse to lose in anything they do. Yeah, yeah definitely. I, as a kid, I remember I was quite close with my family and I've got a lot of, lot of cousins and they all, they just couldn't understand why I got so angry or annoyed over, you know, fairness or, you know, losing a game, but my dad said never let that go because that's what will, you know, help you if you if you do want to be a footballer. What has been your most difficult experience as a player so far? Injuries, injuries by far. Like I mentioned earlier, out for you know a period of what, two years where I just couldn't play a game. What has been your best experience as a player so far? Um. Scoring a playoff final goal in front of 70,000 people. Now, obviously you're not just beginning your career, so we'll have to rephrase this question, but with the rest of your either playing career or maybe even if you go into coaching, what's the next goal for you? I just want to keep on playing football for as long as I can. As I mentioned earlier, I've been seeing a specialist, um, you know, to help me, you know, get stronger, fitter. You know, I just want to keep on playing. I want to play. I want to play professional football to, you know, another five years at least. So that's my goal, really. What advice would you give to a young player? We spoke about this before, but if you could boil it down into maybe couple of words, one sentence. What advice would you give to any aspiring footballer? Uh, believe in yourself and enjoy it. And lastly, what would you... Let's, actually, we'll make this two, two questions. What would you like your coaches to say about you and what would you like your teammates to say about you? I'd like my teammates to say that I was 
an important part of their team, the squad, both in and out of the changing room. And I'd like my, my manager to say the same thing. Excellent. Well, first off, I want to thank you very much. I really appreciated this conversation. But where can anyone who might be listening to this, where can they find you, whether it's on Twitter or social media? Is there any, any places where we can find you yeah, and kind of keep uh, keep following? Yeah, I'm on, I'm on Twitter, uh, at Nards10 on Twitter. Um, I'm on Instagram and things like that. I'm not sure what my name is on that. But, yeah, Twitter is usually the one I've been using you know, the most lately. Perfect. And any... Any possible promotion again this season, do we think? Is it possible, hopefully? Well, yeah, I've, I've literally been out for four or five months with an injury, so I'm, literally, I'm just getting back into the squad now. I've been on the bench the last couple of games, but we've got a real strong squad. Um, and, I, and, you know, we've got an outside chance of making them playoffs, and I wouldn't bet against us if, if we got in them. Excellent. Well, I'm going to be following it, so it'll be exciting. And I really appreciate you coming on, Daniel, and talking. I think there's a lot of things people can take out of this interview. So once again, Daniel, thank you very much. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much. Cheers.